Welcome to Nerdables episode 153. This week we're going to discuss Star Trek Discovery being pushed back. Pacific Rim Maelstrom hires a female lead. And Chris is going to give us the DC Rebirth sales for August. And I think we might talk a little bit of Rogue One with the... I guess I should find the DC Rebirth stuff. (laughs) With the composer switch up, mash up, change up, whatever you want to call it. Have fun with that. Chris has a very strong opinion about that. No, I have, I have the wrong opinion according to everybody, so I'm just never going to talk about it again. <laughs> Let the nerds take over! Us? Huh? Okay, so Star Trek, we'll start with that since we're coming off the 50th anniversary. The big deal with Star Trek getting a new TV series, which was going to be to, what, CBS All Access? I guess that's what they're calling it. That was going to be their big thing, and the big push to get everybody to buy the subscription to All Access is now being pushed back till, I guess, late spring? I guess that's what they're going to say with it? Early early Uh, summer? May of 2017. Yeah, and it's being replaced with a spinoff of The Good Wife. Yeah, wait. <laughs> um, is it a good thing or a bad thing you think that's being pushed back? Obviously, it has to do with the quality of the show that they're wanting to put out. Well, that's what they said. It was more time for effects and post-production type stuff so that it was completely done before it actually reaches well, the, also- the streaming airwaves. It also goes to reason that this kind of was going to happen since they don't even have a cast for the show yet, or they haven't filled out the cast yet. So I don't know what show they're going to be releasing without any actors playing the roles in said show. <laughs> when was it supposed to air? January. January. Oh. Mid-season. Yeah. It was, it was going to, the first episode was going to air on CBS, and then it was going to go. Oh. I think in a way, it, it, it might help it to put yourself in May instead of. January, you kind of have. There's not a lot of summer shows, so yeah. it helps. So you'll have you'll have new content on your your uh, on your streaming service when your network service doesn't have any new content on it. So it may be even something that could help them. But if they move it again into the fall, then you you know you're in trouble. Um, but still, I there's no one I know that's excited for this to come out. Even Sebastian's like, eh. Sebastian's not excited about anything. That's true. If Sebastian were to scratch off a lottery ticket that won $6 million, oh, that's cool. <laughs> that would be it. I mean, he's he's as nonplussed as they come. The only person I know that has less of a heartbeat than Sebastian is my friend Eric. That's he, it. And just, just normal, straight, you know. You put an EKG on that guy, it's just beep. I thought you were going to say Ethan. Beep. Ethan gets excited about stuff. It's just a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> Look, since Ethan's not here tonight, we can talk all about. We can talk about him all we want. Yeah, because that's what stops us when he's here. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why he's not here tonight. Is because we got tired of us talking about him. No, he's probably um, not here tonight because, like, well, I'm not going to talk anyway. So I might as well just. Travis, are you excited for uh, Discovery? Uh, it's been so long since there's been a Star Trek TV show. I like it. I'm interested in a Star Trek TV show, and I want it to be there. But, you know, the way... I've kind of looked at it the way CBS is handling it and kind of like, well, you're already kind of passing it off to the side. You're already making it a sideshow and not a main feature. So, you know, how how good can it be if you're already kind of giving it the heave-ho to the side? Would you be Uh, more excited... Great. Would you be more excited if it was on CBS or... Say like Fox or something, or like it used Fox. to be. Like you know, when Next Generation came out in Deep Space Nine and everything, which was Fox, and then what Voyager was K-Con, UPN. Oh yeah. Hmm? What? No, Next Gen was uh, was Channel Thirteen also. Let's well, see. I it was for us. It was Fox, but yeah, because that's when Fox was still doing. We didn't have program. UPN and everything until yeah. Basically, like, Star Trek Next Gen was a syndicated series, right? So different yeah. markets would have you know what is now the CW that used to just be KTLA or KCAL here are were stations that are buying syndicated programming. For us, Channel Thirteen before it became UPN, there was a syndicated station, and so it bought our, you know the local. Channel 13, whatever they would call it. I can't even know what it's like. KCOP, not KCOP. That's that's the public broadcasting here. It's now my KCOP? 13 or thing. 
Maybe. Or is that 12? Or maybe that's 12. No, that's anyway, so whatever whatever it was in terms of a local station, they purchased the episodes of Next Gen to right. first run on their program. And then once it was UPN, UPN came in and bought that subsidiary station. It basically bought all of their primetime stuff so that you could get gems like Homeboys in Space and The Missing Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. <laughs> What the, the fact that you remember any of that is Dude, crazy. UPN was amazing. It was incredible. And the fact that I mentioned that once in the store, and a guy turned around and he's like, dude, you know the secret diary or lost diary of Desmond Pfeiffer. How do you know that? Because you're white. It was a series, I think it was, it's, it's like Lincoln's butler or something like that, who's black. And so that's like his missing journal or something. I could be totally right. I seem to remember huh. it was... It was like a loss, you know, it was a butler for a president or a famous historical figure. And, of course, it's done as a sitcom. And someone's reading it going, oh, this is what happened. This is what happened. You know, it was, it was crazy. Well, would you guys be more excited if it was like sci-fi or TNT or TBS or something? I don't think it, I don't think it matters. And, and I don't think the move's a bad thing if it's – or someone's like it's, it's a cast-off. It's not necessarily a cast-off for them. If they're giving the time to say, hey, we want to make sure we get this right – you know, Star Wars did the same thing. We're not going to make the May 25th deadline and have a movie that's worth seeing. Right. So we're going to move I it would, to December, and that'll yeah. be fine. Here, like like you said, if they don't have a cast yet, I don't think it's because they're just sitting there going, dum, dum, dum. Oh, oh, we should probably hire people. They're, oh, shit. At we're this point now, deadline. they're probably just going, let's make sure we find the right cast, the right number of characters. You know, If it's going to take more time to develop, it's going to take more time to develop. Then you have to turn around and blame the fact that you didn't. we weren't at a point where you thought... We're six or ten months away when you announced it. Did yeah. they announce you know. it to try and take the steam away from Axanar? But that was going to be my and next question: is why they're like, okay, well, let's just say we have something in the pipeline. Does it seem like that they've spent more time arguing about Axanar and the the lawsuit and everything, and what can be classified as a fan film and what's not a fan film and what is allowed as a fan film? Then it does seem like they've been spending time on this production. To me, that's what it seems like as far as what has been announced to the public. Right. I, I think uh, the fact that they're taking the time to do it right actually gives me more hope for it being good. Well, anytime um, that a production says we need to we need to back off from our release date because we want to make it better, or we're not going to totally we're not going to meet it because you know we're we're not comfortable with what we're going to release that time at that time, it makes me a lot happier. Yep. You know, I don't want I don't like the Transformers two thing where we got to push out a film because that's our deadline of when we need to put a film out. Well, there was no well, saving all that the film. Transformers films are bad. No, I like the first one. Uh, Secret Desmond, Secret Diary of Desmond Pfeiffer, American sitcom, aired on UPN nineteen ninety eight. Uh, series set off storm controversy because of perceived lighthearted take on the issue of American slavery. The story, uh, the, the the show centers around a black English nobleman named Desmond Pfeiffer. And the F is, in fact, uh, pronounced. Chased out of England due to gambling debts, becomes President Abraham Lincoln's valet. In the show, he wow. serves as an intelligent and erudite backbone of a Civil War-era White House popula- populated by louts and drunkards. Good lord. Wow. And in Firefly 2000, didn't in, make in it. 2000, oh, this didn't make it either. 2002 TV Guide listed the show as the 11th worst TV series ever. <laughs> Wow. 2010 TV Guide Network listed the show at 15 on their list of 25 biggest TV blunders. Uh, <laughs> uh, film Threats Filth Hall gave the show a positive review, however, writing, Today the show is remembered barely as a bizarre flop, but after watching a pair of episodes that are currently available for YouTube viewing, I'd be bold enough to declare that Secret Diary deserves a new consideration. If you have the patience for crass innuendo-laced no-taste-body comedy, you will certainly find yourself laughing out loud after this series. The series was alerted to multiple times in the unaired pilot episode of Clerks the Animated Series, which featured Dante and Randall drawing inspiration from a non-existent episode of The Secret <laughs> of Desmond Pfeiffer, which Randall continually describes as classic Pfeiffer. <laughs> what? Now, if you, want, if you want a hidden gem, have you ever seen the animated series for Clerks? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, so fantastic. So good. So there you go, hidden gem. I think I think the only thing that sounds like it's a worse show is uh, my mom is a car or whatever. Oh no, no, there was Homeboys in Space. Oh yeah, there was a show called Homeboys in Space. Yeah, I, I remember that. Another UPN gem. G McBride, that's perfect. Yep, he was. He was G McBride <laughs> was in it. Um. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about the the Star Trek show a couple of times, and it just I, I want it to be good because I want another Star Trek show, but. 
I just... <sighs> well, you can't have another Star Trek show because you never had a Star Trek show before. Star Trek. There you go. Um, it, it, like, pains you to actually <laughs> pronounce it correctly. <laughs> There's no reason to think that it's going to be terrible. No. But you also are kind of hudging your bets as to whether it's going to be good. But we've seen a lot of stuff that's that's smaller that has a... You know, has a uh, a, a, a good... Um, Oh my goodness! Space hoopty. <laughs> Space hoopty. Space hoopty. Seeing shows with production values that may not be as high as a network production, but still is something fantastic. Usually, it's with a, a, a concept that isn't as highbrow or whatever as Star Trek. You think of something like Warehouse Thirteen, which never looked super great, but also the kitsch of the. That well, show. that's what I said. It's a great show, but it's a great show because part of the kitsch was how bad it looked sometimes. Right. But in terms of it's you like know. the librarians. Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. Is like the librarians try a lot harder to be to look look better and take itself more seriously. For the few that I've seen, but do you think that the, this show has a lot of stigma going to it with the Axonar stuff? I don't think any outside of people who are as connected as anything to do with what they're no. It's outside of people who are as connected to the genre as Sebastian. Most people don't know what Axnar is, right? So it's not going to matter to them. It's a footnote. It'll be a, a, a it'll be the final entry in their Wikipedia of oh, there was a little bit of controversy because they stopped Axnar from doing the same exact stuff that they were just about to do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Space hoopty. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at all the titles for the episodes are hilarious. <laughs> Homeboys in Outer Space, American science fiction fantasy sitcom, aired on UPM from 1996 to 97. All right, so what do you guys think about uh, Pacific Rim uh, Maelstrom? I think they should just make remake Homeboys in Space. <laughs> what? what so it's Dog really Day cool. Afternoon or When the Going Gets Rough? <laughs> God. Devil wow. and Mrs. Jones or Dismember of the Wedding? House party or play that funky white music <laughs> droid. Jeez Louise. El Voyage Fantastico or I've Got You Under My Skin. <laughs> the Longest Yard and a Half or the Shawshank Redemption Center. I think it's more. <laughs> Officer and a Homeboy or Full Metal Jackass. Happy Happy Droid Droid nice. or Amacy's Red. <laughs> oh, this, that's fantastic. The, the final episode, of The Adventures of Ratman and Gerbil, or Holy Homeboys in Outer Space. <laughs> what? May 13th, 1997. May long live, wrist in peace. Just, <laughs> Star Trek. Track. I can't even say it wrong. <laughs> so, Star Trek? Star Trek. What do we think about uh, Pacific Rim starring John Boyega? I'd say the casting's fine. I don't know about I mean, Pacific fun. Rim. It's awesome that they, they're making it happen. I don't know. That movie sort of is lost. going to suck balls up and down. <laughs> sort of lost a lot but of it's steam. it's going to make a ton of international money because that's where it made all its money yeah. the first time. Yeah, but even though it made all that money the first time, it's still taking them six years to try to make a fucking sequel. So who is it? Kaylee? Well, because everybody involved in the original just jumped ship. They're like, screw it. Well, no, done. they want to do it all. It's just the fact that everyone who looks at that film says this isn't profitable. Well, it's just Ron yeah, Perlman. Right. So, yeah. yeah, well, Ron Perlman <laughs> just wants a job. Well, his show just got canceled, too. Yeah. Uh, who's it? Kaylee Spaney or somebody? Kaylee Span- Span- Spaney. 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 Don't worry if you don't recognize her name. And Guillermo <laughs> del Toro isn't even directing. or Yeah, because Guillermo del Toro is like, I want to do 375 films next well, year. Is, is, is Idris Elba coming back? No. So no. no one from the original is coming back. Except for Ron Perlman. Except for Ron Perlman because he needs a job. And his character wasn't even that big of a character in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but his was yeah, the, was car- a, was the carryover character. between yeah. the two yeah. movies. Boyega's is... <laughs> you kind of know Pacific Rim for the first one. You kind of know what kind of film it is when the uh, Idris Elba's name is Stacker Pentecost. <laughs> uh, nice. Boyega, yeah, Boyega's his son and Scott Eastwood is an unknown yep. but key role. I got five people on the IMDb list of the cast. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. I just don't know about... I mean... Uh, John Boyega was good as Finn, but yep. I don't know about him. I, I mean, it's going to be is good. Well, yeah. It's going to be the same type of character. John awesome. Go watch Attack the Block. That was awesome. Yeah, but you get the same. Okay. Oh no, John Boyega plays the same character. So does half of Hollywood. That's true. That's true. Jack yeah. Nicholson's played the same exact character for the last fifteen years, and they gave him an Oscar that's, for it. That's why he's hired that's as Jack true. Nicholson. I mean, Tom Cruise plays Tom yeah. Cruise. 
But he doesn't want to Lead awards, actors so. <laughs> generally play themselves in lead roles. That's how they make their money. Tom yeah, Hanks. What was, what was, uh, Tom Cruise was in that, um, gosh darn it, what was it, Rolling Thunder? Was it Rolling Thunder? Days of Thunder? Days of, well, no, no. The, uh, the, the, wasn't he the producer in that Vietnam war flick with Ben Stiller? And yes. Born on the Fourth of July? No, no, no. no. The comedy. Oh, Tropical, Tropical, Thunder. Tropical, Tropical Thunder. Thunder. Oh, Tropic Thunder? Yeah. yeah. That was the one thing where he stood out and just was completely yeah, different than... Fat. Yeah, just like Robin Williams in one hour photo. Yeah. Creepy as shit. Oh, yeah. Well, but he's played... I mean, he... But, that was oh, the he's first played role. serious roles, though, too. Yeah. So, yeah. But, I mean... Pacific Rim's kind of like, you know, Star Trek Discovery. Does anyone really care anymore? The same person well, who cares I'd about say Star, Star Trek, Trek has a bigger fan money. base. Yeah, I mean, other than Brand- Brandon, who cares about it's, Star Trek, like Travis know. said, it's the international. It's kaiju and all that big yeah, fighting monsters and They're robots. For Asia and everybody else, which there's a ton of money to be taken. In yeah, Asia. I just don't think those people really cared about the first one. Well, I guess it's, it's kind of like Warcraft. They, they did it at the box office. I don't know about that. They said Warcraft Two may not even be released in the United States. It may just go straight to China because that's where it made its money. It made tons of money there. So yeah, I mean, I, Pacific Rim made three fourths of its money abroad. Yeah, but what three fourths of what money? I mean, that's the thing is you. Have what did it make the first first time around? A billion dollars. I think we would have heard more yeah. about it if it made a billion dollars. <laughs> no, it, it actually did uh, make a ton of money. Pacific Rim uh, made John, according to wow. box, box Office Mojo. Maybe it yep, did. going to Box Office Mojo and looking at Pacific Rim. Domestic, it made $101 million, and foreign, it made $309 million. It made two-thirds of its money abroad. And what was the budget on it? Yeah, see, that's uh, the problem. The budget was $190 million. So, see, domestically, bad. it didn't even make back its budget. No. no. Yes, but... But abroad, and this is what I'm saying, they're going for the money in different Yeah, but you, had, you made $400 million on a $200 million picture. Right. That's not, that's not, in, in Hollywood, that's not great. With all the stuff that you have to pay out sure. on the back end, even with a film like that, that's that, not, that's, I mean, you're barely don't, breaking Don't you guys even. also say that they, internationally, you don't get as much back anyway? Pretty yeah. much. So. But yeah, that, you know, that's just it. They're barely breaking even on that film. I mean, it opened at number three that's in the United to States. Get a sequel. It was. It is. It's but you can get a meager, sequel. Yeah. But you're going to have a sequel that's going to cost the same amount of money, yeah. like five years later. When the hell was this released? Uh, 2013. Years ago? Really, even three oh, years. Three years, yeah. Yeah, it short. It was. It was an okay film. I didn't hate it. It was good on the big screen. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It was a movie for the theater to see stuff blow up. Yeah, because in the small screen, it really shows how. Ooh how much they tried to mask. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's an easy thing to figure out when the kaiju are going to attack because it's raining. Oh, yeah. Like, if it's raining <laughs> on the coast, you're screwed. You know? It's like, oh, no, it's raining. Must be in the kaiju are coming. Why? Because you night. can't see them. And you can't see them right it. Yeah, it's always at night and all of that. And it's Jeff's uh, major motion picture yeah. debut. <laughs> Jeff so. Johns is in it. Yeah. Um, I swear to God, they could look like Jeff Johns. And really, when you watch it again, Charlie Hunnam is terrible. It's not, it's... Poor I mean, di- yeah, Poor dialogue. I, d- I mean, poor dialogue or not, he has the energy of a rock. Mm. Yeah, to get yeah, into the, the thing, I was Charlie in Charlie Day was awesome. It was in the, <laughs> the drift, and then, and then when I was in the drift, my brother died, and you just can't do that. Plus, you're a hot Asian chick. <laughs> like, what's going on? This is, this is horrible. So, no, it was on, like, two weeks ago or whatever, and I was watching it, and I was just like... It doesn't translate to the small screen as well as it should, and I have a really it does, small screen. It doesn't screen. keep going like it, it once did. Well, you can't watch it. You can't see it. Like I'm watching the fight scene with with the when you have the double uh, the double invasion or whatever the, the double Russians? event. Yeah, and then the well, all of them, the Russians and the Chinese all get killed, and then the yeah. the street the striker or whatever gets knocked out because it's an EMP pulse, and the Gypsy Danger comes right. in and kicks his ass and blows up half the city while doing it. You know, <laughs> but you he used a ship. Yeah, he uses a tanker. Yeah, as a weapon. The way that they had it, as big as they were, I still think that's completely disproportionate. The the tanker. The tanker should have been a lot bigger. Yeah, <laughs> next to the thing. But anyway, but yeah, it, you watch it, and that the battle in in the in the ocean between the the first two uh, Jaegers and the two kaiju, you can't follow it. It's impossible. 
Yeah. You can't see anything. Even the, the bright red Crimson Dynamo, which is one of my favorite designs, you can't see anything. So next time, just adjust, adjust your uh, yeah. color levels and brightness. <laughs> Turn it to the, the, old, the old video game settings when you have an old, old analog TV or whatever. Um, yeah, but see, this is another thing. It's kind of like the thing we were talking about with Alice in Wonderland, the, the new one. It's past its time. Yeah. You know, I mean, even, even with... Uh, the, I don't think this one is much. It's like Travis said, it's going to make its money somewhere. Sure. But is it yeah. going to make enough money to justify putting that out? I don't know. I mean, there's I a reason. There's a reason why it's taken so long, and it's taken two studios to make yeah. this film at all. It's not. It wasn't a slam dunk when it when it was done. No. I mean, Godzilla made more money than this, and they're still dragging their feet over doing Godzilla two at some point in the future. No, yeah, that's yeah. What pisses me off about that? Shin Godzilla comes out the week I'm away. (laughs) You're going to Japan and missing Godzilla. How is that possible? (laughs) You're going to pass each other (laughs) in the ocean. Um, Yeah, I just, I want to care about this movie. I know. But, because I, and I wanted to like the original one so much. And I did. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. First viewing, I I enjoyed it. But it's not a movie that I I just cared about. I'd have to watch it again, really. I don't hate it. See. But it, yeah, it's not something where I'm like, oh my god, it's so great. I I, I gotta watch it like every time it's on or whatever. Right, it's, that's exactly how I feel. Like, it was there, but like I said, two weeks, I was like super disappointed watching it, going, this is not nearly as good as I remember. Yeah, you know, it's like I can't see anything, and the dialogue is terrible, and the acting is terrible, and it's just like okay. Pacific Rim or Starship tro- Starship Troopers. Oof. I'd watch Starship Troopers again. No, see, Starship, Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah, Troop, Troopers is terrible, but it's intentionally terrible. Right, it's campy enough it's, it's where it works, and it's got energy. Yeah. It's got energy in how bad it is. Yeah, you know, it's also whereas got boobs in it. Well, yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where it's campy enough. Um, but the, the the chick that they just hired, I've never heard of her before. Well, she's a newcomer. They said she's a newcomer. Oh, so okay. Because, I mean, it just seemed like with the... That's what it means when they say introducing. Yeah, I get that. But it just seemed like with the articles... I mean, you can tell it's a slow news week when CBR starts posting that and, and one of the others... It's a slow news week when we haven't had any actual topics before. Well, well, yeah, but also when I saw some, a couple of the different news sites post, uh, Star Wars uh, TV series is still not dead, and it's the yeah. exact same information. Still not dead, but still not alive. Yeah. Um, we swear we're thinking about maybe thinking about doing it. Yep. Well, speak, speaking of Star Wars, let's just go over it real quick. They they announced this week that the composer that was signed onto the film, uh, I forget his name, you know his name, Chris, what's his name? Alexander Desplat. Yes. Is leaving the project. Um, presumably because, did, did it ever say why exactly? Yes. Because it's too late. It, to do, for the reshoots. Because of the reshoots going way over schedule, he does not have time to finish the score and leave to go do the next film that he's contractually obligated to do. He cannot get out of his contract for the next film because the time they allotted for reshoots was a long time ago. Right. And they're still reshooting. It's amazing. That's why. That's why. That's why I got upset. I can understand. That's why you uh, reshoots happen all the time. I I know you don't know. Audio. So, I know there's a lot of time for reshoots in every major blockbuster. They've gone way past that. You don't set enough time. You don't make your schedule going, we're going to shoot so long, the movie you're already contracted to do, I know we hired you, but you're going to have to quit. That's what I'm talking about, where I said, I'm not exactly, I still have concerns for the film, because you usually don't have to fire your composer or have him leave. Sure. Unless yeah, you're behind. He, They're behind. He had to just leave the project because there was nothing for him to and do. And not saying that there isn't, you know, they're so behind they're not going to finish. They hired Michael Giacchino because he has, he's not on anything right, right now. This guy is leaving November 1st or whatever to go do this other film. The second so, problem I had is I love Giacchino. This is the problem I had with Brandon where Brandon's like, this is the right fit. The other guy was never the right fit. The whole point of this film was to do a film that wasn't exactly a Star Wars film new. or a different sort of Star Wars film. Sure. Just new blood I love, on yeah, I love Giacchino's work, but here's the thing with Giacchino to me. Giacchino's not far off of the John Williams tree. Okay. No, You're talking about that, that branching, you know, we talk about in coaching, the coaching tree, you know, Bill Belichick and all of his assistant coaches are now head coaches in the NFL. Right. Yep. Giacchino, in terms of the influence and the style, 
isn't very far from the trunk of the John Williams tree to me, which Not is still great. His Star Wars, or Star, excuse me, his Star Trek, his J.J. Burst themes are fantastic. Mm-hmm. He uses a lot of horns, he uses a lot of hard strings, and his percussion is, you know, in the middle. That's the way John Williams does a lot of his stuff. Sure. Desplat's yep. stuff was interesting to me, and it was different, and I wanted to hear it. And now we're not going to get the chance to. Well, I don't think Giacchino sucks. And I, it's a good choice if you have to make it. My problem is, what the hell has happened that they had to make that change? Yep. That's my problem. That's my fear. It could be good. It could be bad. But now they're going to get to the point where if that movie isn't great, what, what are we going to do? Yeah. What and I want something new. I want, yeah, what the hell with that? What are we going to do? If the rumors are true that it's it's got to be Disneyfied, it's got to be Star Warsy, it's got to be Disneyfied, oh, it's got to be Star Warsy, and that's film. what I'm saying. You film. did an episode seven film in which what is the number one complaint? It's too much like the other Star Wars films. Uh-huh. It's the exact same yeah. plot. The three main characters are interchangeable from the three main characters from the original oh, sure. to a certain degree. The exciting points that we saw in that film was the stuff that was different. Yes, the yep. idea of of. Introducing Ben slash Kylo Ren as someone who's fighting against the light. You didn't mm-hmm. get that. Even, even Vader at the end is like, no, 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 I'm still bad. I'm terrible. Okay, now I'm going to throw the Emperor off. You know, it wasn't right. him like really battling that sort of They're thing. We've seen that right away. Exactly. Is... We see the major hero die. Never seen that before. We see, yeah. um, you know, we, we see uh, uh, Ray as that type of person who is super strong. And we've seen it a little bit in Leia. She's got that same thing. But you also didn't put her in a bikini, you know, for the last third of the film or whatever. Right. There are right. differences in it, but the plot is so the same that mm-hmm. you're just like, okay, that's part of the problem. Right. I don't want the same film. I've but, always praised Lucas for the first three films, not because they're good, but at least he tried to make three different films. You mean the prequels? Yeah, the prequels, then what he did originally. But when you say, I guess where it kind of, where I took the stance against you and we're, and we're talking about a, a Facebook thread that we, we go, had. Here's, my, here's, here's the thing because this is my problem. This is why I took it personally. You said, you didn't say, you know guys, I'm not concerned because right. X, Y, and Z. What you said is, I don't understand why you guys are concerned. There's nothing to worry about because of X, Y, and Z. That to me, to be completely honest, fuck you <laughs> for telling me how I'm supposed to feel. Okay, I'm, I'm concerned and I know why. <laughs> That I can understand. But that's the thing is, you made it sound like I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. No, it's Like, just, I don't understand any of this. I understand it. It's just, here, my point is, and, and you're right, I should have worded it different, but I just get so frustrated I'm, anymore with the but internet. But here's the thing. But here's the thing. I'm fully aware that the reshoots might actually make the film better. Right. I'm fully aware of that's that. That's the hope, right? That's the hope, is that they looked at it and went, we, we're missing something. Something's missing here. Fantastic Four, which is completely terrible. Uh-huh. If they would have sat there and go, we have no second act. We need to reshoot the whole middle of the film. Right. And right. they went and did that. That would have been great. They didn't make that choice because they're like, let's just let this turd out and let it <laughs> steam and see where it goes from there. That's the hope. But to be completely dis, uh, dismissed for having a concern that maybe this isn't the film that I was promised. And I do care because I care about Star Wars. Yes. And this is the type of thing. But you haven't so, been disappointed by the two trailers. No, but trailers are trailers. Sure. The Suicide Squad trailer, trailer looked good. for a thing that you don't know whether it's yeah. good or bad. The, the first Man of Steel trailer was amazing. Yeah. But you got Man of Steel. It just it didn't have the same heart as that trailer. Sure. My thing with this, in, in terms of why I, I want this film to be different, Star Wars has to grow. It's got to get somewhere. Rebels is a great point. You uh-huh. have a kid's quote-unquote series that last half of the second season is dark as fuck. It's, it's deep. It's got uh, adult emotional. And Clone Wars had on. a little bit of that, but it this really puts it home in a certain thing. So to go me, go back and watch Clone Wars. You'll is, find that there's a lot saying, more. This is the type. The this is the type of growth that it needs. Sure. When we started talking, when we first started talking about the idea, the rumors that came out the first week of March, or uh, excuse me, May, and everyone's like, no, 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 you can't because it's got to, it's got to grow. Seven has a little bit of growth. You see a person murder his father in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me Star Wars is a kid's film anymore. It's not. It's gone past it. The only time it was a kid's film was the first half of episode one, and we all hated it. Yeah. So it's... let it grow. It needs to find other genres. Where has, the, where has the success yeah. come in prose novels and comics? It's come when those com- prose novels and comics do what comics and prose novels do really well, 
and lets you tell a story that you can't tell on that screen, something different, something sure. exciting, something new, and, something and you know deeper. What's, what's interesting about what you're talking about is I remember a year or two ago, people were uh, interviewing Kevin Feige about the Marvel Universe and where it was going. And he made a very kind of profound statement about how they at Marvel Studios recognize that they can't just make comic book film after comic book film in the same universe because people are just going to get dead tired of it. Or in the same tone and genre. He's like, we recognize that we're going to have to do a World War II film with Captain America, and then we're going to do our comedy with Ant-Man, and then we're going to do our sci-fi films with Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's like, we're going to start branching out. These aren't just going to be uniform comic book films because if all we do is big, bombastic Avenger Avenger films over and over... People will get burned out. They won't care. There's no dynamic. There's no differentiation. And it's well, that's okay. Note. Stop right with differentiation because that's one of the things. Remember when Ant Man, when when um, Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright was let go or left or whatever. One of the yeah. problems was is that they said he was let go because or he left because they were making it tie more into the Marvel universe. Right. My complaint after seeing Ant Man was it's too. It's just another Marvel film. Yeah. I've gotten to the point where the bulk of them are okay. It's a Marvel film. Okay. It's a Marvel film. It's hard to get past that. Winter Soldier to me was more than a quote unquote a Marvel film. It had a different feeling to me. But the bulk of them are kind but of even, the same thing. But feeling. even with Ant Man, you were saying it was more of a comic It is a comic but the heist thing film. Is, it's kind of the same it's all you take a comedy heist film and then you bring it back to that Marvel line. Sure. You take Winter Soldier as an international espionage action thriller and you bring it up towards that line. Even the Avengers films kind of go to that line. They're right. all trying to get to that whatever that through line is in the middle. That makes them Marvel films. You so have what you're to saying is, you do have... a film and then do you la- allow it to tie into it uh, yeah, organically. You can't go too far, but at the same time, because in Ant Man, it just it, it's from the start. It felt like the scene with Falcon was so just Shoehorn. shoved in there. Yeah, and so you kind of takes you to me. It took me out of the film in the middle of it because, as a fan and also as someone who knew the backstory, I'm watching it going. Oh, I know what this is. As soon as he said, I got to go steal the chocolate block to chalk that, yeah. Stark, that Stark made, but it's in the new Avengers compound. Oh, darn. You better go get it, guy from Anchorman. And he goes, and there's this stupid fight that doesn't, you know, it's funny and it's fun, but it, it doesn't advance the plot at all because that piece doesn't do anything. Right. And you're, you can't tell me that Hank Pym, who's just as smart as, as, as Tony Stark, can't build that himself? Would you have rather seen, let's say, like, Falcon or somebody have to come in because all of a sudden they realize there's a threat at Pym no, Industries. Just leave them out, and then they just get Ant Man has to save the day. Just, just leave them out. There's no reason to have any of them in there. There's it no was purely a tie-in feature. Civil War as a quote-unquote Captain America movie. Perfect. I mean, it's all in the story. You have to get all the Avengers in it because right. that's a huge thing. Winter Soldier. Even in the, if the, it made more sense for the Avengers to show up in the middle of Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. when Cap's on the run and he's just like. Hey, Tone. Yeah, what's up, buddy? So, uh, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s trying to kill me. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. It really blows. Could you maybe come and help? Yeah. Cool. Thanks. Oh, uh, bring Bruce, because I want to knock down the Triskelion into the middle, of the, pl- you know, the middle of the planet or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I get that. Okay, but when you say that you want a Star Wars hard uh, mili- or, uh, war film. I want Saving Private Ryan in Star I'm, Wars. No, I'm not going that far. Well, that, that was my right. question, is how far do you I've, think it I've needs to be? i this question. It's just, it's a tonal thing. It's, it's a thing where the type of comedy that's there, it, it can't be the same that's in, you know, Jedi or, right. or Episode 2 or whatever. It's, it's got to be... It's got to be in the tone. It's got to be in the tone. It's got to be in the fact that we're seeing a whole bunch of characters that are, that are kind of there. You really want to kill them most. Kill most of them. Yeah. Diego Luna's character, he's got to die. I'm not yep. saying he's going to die. I'm not saying he's got to die. But right. what I'm saying is in that type of tone. You are walking up to the start of episode four. The start of episode Where four. Where they literally well, talk about. Yeah, but, but what I'm talking about is the start of episode four is the rebellion has just found out that the Empire has something the size of a moon that can mm-hmm. destroy a yeah. planet with a single shot. That should scare the living shit out of you. The rebellion is sitting there. There's got to be something in there. that Again, we're growing up. This Star Wars is 40 years old. It's mm-hmm. a fun, you know, Flash Gordon. Oh, let's save the princess from the... But there's still, there's a middle moment where, as you come to find out, Dad is holding his daughter's shoulders as she watches her home planet be blown up into a billion pieces. Right. 
and everyone that she knows that wasn't on that ship that got captured, that everybody also got killed, just died. There's a moment when you realize when that the you hero the, of the rebellion, when you get or the, to the, the republic, when you get to the books and the stuff like that, the type of stuff that when you get into the inner workings of Leia, I'm, reading, I'm still still reading Bloodlines from Cloudy Gray. I'm trying. I'm pushing through it, dude. I go weeks without touching. But there's a lot in there of her dealing with her heritage Uh and this idea. That's the kind of deep stuff that Star Wars has become. This film, to me, I want to have the tone where Mon Mothma is just like, we don't know what this is. We know it's bad. We don't know what it is. As soon as Jin Erso looks at it and goes, okay, so wait, it does what? I'm sorry. Oh, everybody's in danger. But are you? But are you more afraid that? The changes are going to be taking away from what you hope to see for Vader and, no, just and what he's a, capable just of. A, just the film as a whole. This movie. I'm, I don't need Vader in the film either. I understand why they put him in there because, God forbid, you have a film that doesn't have a character. Or a film. lightsaber. Again, when I'm talking about growth, that's part yeah. of it. You, you, you already, our first film, our first standalone film that isn't connected to the trilogy. Okay, wait, hold on. It is connected to one of the trilogies. But our second standalone is going to be said, nope, no, it's going to be Han Solo because everybody knows Han Solo. Member Solo? That's why South Park is so good. <laughs> Everything Bears. in that South Park is exactly yeah. true. Yeah. They are scared to do an original picture. And this is when they announced Vader, one of my problems with it, I said, that's, you couldn't, like, you couldn't just stay away from all of them, you know? I get, Mothma is such a, a minor character, fine. Bail Organa's in, okay, fine. You gotta give me Vader. Uh, what did we talk about the first time they did the, the they announced the trilogy? Right. That Ford and Fisher and Hamill were coming back. Mm-hmm. The story. Uh, I don't, what did I? Do? Oh, I just read it in Star Wars Insider where they were talking about the the development of Rey right. as a character. And J.J. Abrams said the first draft of the film, Skywalker shows up in the first third of the film, and it's well, Skywalker and Rey. But as they said, as they kept reading it, they go, then it becomes the Skywalker film. Mm-hmm. It, yep. He takes over. No matter how they tried to rewrite it, he takes over because he's such a strong character. And they said we can't, the we can't do that. Said. Yeah, they, like, we can't do that in the first film because you can't just make the same film over and over again. And also, you've got to grow. At some point, you have to. When we go to Disneyland, what are all the girls dressed up as? Ray. Ray. That's growth. Ray, yeah. You have none of the characters in the original in the prequels connected in any way, shape, or form like Ray and even Poe and even Finn to a lesser degree, but still pretty strong. Have connected with. A younger audience, and even people like yeah. us who are just like Ray's awesome. Yeah, Poe's awesome. They, I'm glad they didn't ass. kill him because now Poe and, and and Finn can go be bros. No, you're right. You're right. No uh, one yeah, in the prequels I, I has taken the romance movie. The romance movie. Did you see no, that? Did, did you see that I meme? See that buddy cop movie. Did you see the meme with the two of them? Uh, it's the the scene in the film. You know when they pass each other in the landing. You know as they're, as they're running towards the the mission, and he's like. I love you, bro. I love you, bro. We should just tell the whole world. And he just leaves <laughs> in. He's like, I love you, bro. Why did you whisper? Because you're my whole world, bro. And then they just go apart. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so good. I'm going to have Brokeback Tatooine. I loved it. It was great. It's not Tatooine. It's Jakku. It's the same exact planet, <laughs> just a different name. That was good, too. Um, is there anything about this movie, even getting closer, because we're now, what, 80-some days away? You're, again, you're 90 days away, and your, your composer just walked. Is there anything about this film that doesn't have you worried? Are they scrapping the entire score? Or is Apparently. just, you know... Or did he bring anything yet? Well, that's the thing. The film's mock? not done. He can't score anything to a film that's not complete. There, as yeah, far as anybody knows, there aren't even sequences that are locked. Ugh. So he can't. He can start coming up with themes and stuff like that, but he can't get started. That's where everyone's like, oh, it's no big deal. It is a big deal. You don't have anything done, and you're three months away, and you have a ton of post-production to do. And whatever you said, oh, we're going to do reshoots for a couple weeks, it's now been months, and you're still not done. You're yeah. still not done. That's it. I'm still excited for the film, and I still want it. I'm hoping it's great. Oh, God, I but want this film to be amazing. I'm worried. I am worried. And I don't yeah. think being worried is, a, is necessarily the worst thing in the world. Are you, are you more worried for this film than you were after the prequels with a new movie, and with, with Episode 7 coming? No, because I trusted J.J. No. Abrams to, to do. And I didn't expect – J.J. Abrams didn't come out and say, we're going to do a totally different Star Wars film, and it's going to be exactly what, in my, in my bias, exactly what you've been waiting for for a long time. Which is a Star Wars film that's really, we're in the middle of a galactic civil war, we're going to give you a war film. That's not what he said. Right. He said, we're going to come out and we're going to do 
a film that you're not going to hate. They played and it hopefully safe. you'll like it. And they played it way safe. And they played it too safe in my group. But I'm not going to smash the film for it. I understand a lot. The same thing with the prequels. I understand why George Lucas made the prequels the way he did. Mm-hmm. He screwed up with episode one because he thought, oh, I want the kids to love Jar Jar. Well, that was a mistake. God, that was a stumble. So I understand what they did. Here's the point where you're like, we made a billion dollars last year. We're going to make a billion dollars next year. Yep. Let's try something different. Sure. And if we make a billion dollars here, we know we can try something different. Why did I say that Guardians of the Galaxy is the most important Marvel film? Because we did something totally different. Mm-hmm. No Avengers. Nobody in this film is anybody that anyone knows who doesn't already read comics. Right. You're, right. You know, Joe, Joe non-comic reader has no fucking clue no, who no the talking tree, people. the little raccoon, and the guy from, the, uh, from uh, uh, Parks and Rec is. Right. But they loved that film. That was an important. That's where that film at the end of that you go. We're gonna do Black Panther. We're gonna do Doctor Strange. We're gonna do oh, they, Captain Marvel a, with Carol Danvers. Yeah, yeah. Because that film made a whole. At that film, they went. You know what? SNL, if we wanted to, we can do Squirrel Girl. The, the the SNL parody. Yeah. Fuck it. You're gonna see it. It's Marvel. Yeah. So Star Wars is at that point. This film's gonna make a whole bunch of money. It's gonna make a whole bunch of money for me probably. But I yep. want to see them do something to grow because in 20 years. If Star Wars is still going to be a viable product in terms of the way that Disney wants, the way that Disney said, we're going to pay $4 billion fucking dollars for this, it has to grow. It can't stay the same. It can't stay stagnant. Okay, but playing devil's advocate here, if you take a Star Wars film and you take it too far, I, I hate using the left or right because it all of a sudden becomes political, but if you take it too far no, off just take it away center, off the note. Yeah, if you take it too far, far off center of what a Star Wars film is, do you risk the chance of your mainstream audience not accepting it? Let me ask you. What's your favorite IDW J.I. Joe series? Cobra. Bingo. No, I get it, but I'm that also is, a G.I. Joe fan. Right. But, but as I'm, a fan, the series that everybody loved, the series that got all the critical play, praise, was the series that went so far away from yep. the line they had established. Completely Even the serious list tone... Of the I, of the Marvel comic with Larry Hama, which mm-hmm. was more serious than the cartoon by far, but was still kind of you right. Know, they still had fun with it. You went so far off that line, and everybody loved it. The fans loved it. New people loved it. The few people that didn't love it that said, "Oh, it's not it's not GI Joe enough," were the minority. Did you have the first GI Joe film, originally written as a hard action espionage thriller? Larry Hama looked at it and said, "That's not GI Joe. Make it GI Joe." Sure. So they made it GI Joe, and it's dumber than shit. But what I'm saying is... gigantic is pile of steaming dumpster middle fire. Middle America, turret. you know, mom-pop with our two kids and our, our, our you know, dog but they've rover. Got, but here's the thing. They've got other choices. Do you think that, that as them as growing Star Wars fans, as it still is a mainstream... Do you think they're watching Rebels? Yeah. I, okay. think, I think maybe. Rebels, Rebels is, is getting away from what those first three films were. It's yeah, a lot it darker. You have, you have your main character who you're watching grow up... And you have a pretty good idea that he's going to end up being the bad guy. No, no, and I get it that. It looks I, like he's going dark. I get that. And, I, you know, the last season of Clone Wars was very similar with, you know, when you have Maul cut the head off of somebody right there in front of, you know, an audience. You have all the stuff. We also have to deal with a lot of the stuff of Episode 3. Because, again, you've gone dark. Episode 3 is a dark film. Sure. Yeah, we've Jedi's murdered by the people that they're in front of because they're too stupid to read a charter. But, when, okay, when, when they say it's not Star Wars enough. Do you think that's a cop out, or do you think there is something that's not Star Wars? You know, that, let me, that you let me clarify it's even not Star more. Wars. The people that are that are rumored to say it's not Star Wars enough aren't connected to Star Wars. Okay, they're Disney execs. Sure, <laughs> that's my problem. If Lawrence Kasdan and J.J. Abrams, who made a decent film, and 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 somebody I can't even think of somebody else, Pablo Hidalgo looks at it, who's who's one of the the, right. the heads of the of the story group. If they looked at that film and went. This isn't Star Wars enough. I'll take a step back and go, okay. I can kind of, okay, I'll let you guys take care of that. Sure. But when it's an executive who we all know are completely clueless as to what the modern audience wants from from a whole, not completely clueless, but are more so interested in, I want everybody in the world to love, to like this film. I don't know. I don't care if everybody loves it. I want to I need everybody to like it. Disneyland type formula. Yes, exactly. It, you're not going to get a Rogue One ride. Right. It no. just and that's what I do. don't give me that film. You've got two more, two more trilogy films that you can do all the Star Warsy stuff you want. 
You're going to have a Han Solo film in which he's kind of a kid. You're not going to go too far in that. You can do a, That's you can do be a, a TV romp. series that you, you, you can, can do make a TV it. series. If you're, you're talking about originally doing a TV series based on a bunch of criminals in this 1313 thing, that's going to be bizarre. That's going to be off the... Do something different. And sure. maybe it will be different. Maybe it will be different enough. And it looks great so far. I'm not... I'm still excited. Like I said, I'm but playing I'm, devil's advocate here. I just want to, I'm you know. I'm still... I, it's just... I'm a little worried. The signs that are there are not signs that are usually associated with turn, with, with what turns out to be a good product. Right. That's my problem. And, and where I was coming about in, the, in this discussion again, that we were having... But also, just to... to, to Episode 7 was six months late, mm-hmm. and I think it was a lot better than it would have been in May. Sure. So, again, it, I'm, I'm, I'm allowing that maybe these choices are right. What I've been hearing from rumors and then fact when your composer walks off, because of scheduling, not, oh, I hate this and I'm leaving. Those are not great signs. No. My, but see, like I was going to say, my problem with a lot of this is that it seems like now that we live in this era of instant news that we we get this information of oh there's a there's a problem where the composer's got to be changed there's a problem where we got to do reshoot 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 oh look you know the actors didn't like being a part of this film or you know what when the film was over budget and uh, you know under budget or they didn't do it right executives came in blah 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 all of a sudden now every film that we go into we're going in with these expectations and these these ideas of oh well, you know what? If uh, if Edgar Wright would have done this, I you know it would have been a different film. I wonder what it would have been like to have Edgar Wright do this film instead of who you know who did it. Now I, I'm not getting to enjoy the piece that's in front of me. All I'm thinking about is what could have been or what should have been. Well, that's the thing for you and for me. You're never getting away from that, right? Because we're plugged into that creative process. Mm-hmm. You for you to do that again for what you're proposing. You yourself have to cut yourself off from everything oh, sure. that you're super interested in and that you send me messages about at 1 a.m. <laughs> right. So it's, it's again, we it's know It's a that, catch-22. But I know, really, I, I think it. mom and dad in Iowa don't know that. Sure. So and when they're they, not keeping up with yeah. daily news on it. Yeah, the, no, that's the, true. The cycle, it's the same thing with sports. You just sit there and go, oh, sports are great. And then all of a sudden you have 15 sports channels that are 24 hours a day. And you're like, you know, I really like that running black, but I know he raped someone last week. Right. And we're not getting away from that. So there's a good thing from it and there's a bad thing from it. I mean, more information is more information. And this is, you, 30 years ago, you still would have known that the, your, your score composer is not the original score composer you hired. Sure. You would have known that. But if, you may not if, have known it until after the film came out. Maybe, yeah. probably. News, still, I think news still, still like, in, in especially it depends still. on how big the news is. Yeah, if and you I had a director walk off a film or get fired off a film, you would hear that. Yeah, for a big film. Big, for a big, big film, big yeah. franchise. No, but this, this, if John Williams would have walked off the original Star Wars, I think people would have known because it was already buzzed with how its story came about and how long it took Lucas to sell it, and that it was going to be a different type of film, and that you know what it was going to look like, and it was all these different things. If John Williams would have been three months away from, you know, in January, John Williams would have said, I can't do this because John Williams was a name because he did the score for Jaws. And Jaws at that point was ginormous. Mm -hmm. It was the biggest Mm -hmm. film ever. So you're already in that kind of culture. You still would have had that. You still would have known all of those things. I mean, we knew even 20 years ago that people that were 15, if you want, the the actors and actresses who were going to be in Lord of the Rings and weren't. Right. You know, Doug Ray Scott was yeah. supposed to be in it or whatever. But, you know, you know, Wolverine from the first one. We knew that Doug Ray Scott was supposed to be Wolverine. Right. But then he heard himself on the Mission Impossible 2 set, and Hugh Jackman was hired to do Wolverine. Best choice ever! Because <laughs> yep. Doug Ray Scott's not that great. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, there were, you know, I mean, there, there's always things with ch- changes and things like that. And some of it you do hear about, and some of it's kind of rumor. But now it's just like, it's, it's, it is, it's instant media. And we're a part of it. We we are definitely a part of it. <laughs> that's why it's hard. That's why that media pushes itself into the zygus because people like us will discuss it to the point where we decided to start a podcast to discuss it. Right. So it, it's it's a the, the the snake's eating its tail. There's no way around it. Anymore. No, you're and you're, you're you're that's a great analogy of it. Yeah, because that's, that's what that's it the is. The truth. Um, and, and and there's so much instant gratification for getting the news now. Yeah. 
Whereas well, and that's just everybody wants it. On the airwaves. I mean, we, we crave it Even when we it don't now. want it, we still want it. Yeah. And we still talk about it. It's, it's again, yeah. like I said, you, you're saying that I don't want to go into Rogue One knowing anything about the behind-the-scenes stuff. But God knows I read all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and I watched all the behind-the-scenes vignette, and, and I want to know who's it. And, and then we talked about it. And it was, there's just, at this point, it's a, the, the pop culture is a business un, unto itself. Sure. It's not an entertainment it anymore. It's a business. And it's yeah. a business into, into itself. Speaking about businesses, um, what, so uh, uh, DC Rebirth for the August. Now, what you outsold, told me I was doing this? Outsold everything, huh? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't one of the ones I sent you, was it? Yeah, it was. It, it was, was the no. August solicitation showed that it was. It was Man, uh, let, me, let me find that link then. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and look that up. I even gave you fair warning about 40 minutes ago, 50 Yeah, minutes. but I was waiting to see when you would say, we're not talking about Rogue One. Not... Wait a minute, we're going to talk about Rogue One. Let's talk about it. Well, at, at the same time, uh, on Thursday, uh, DC announced their first eight trades for Rebirth. Yeah? It's going to be Aquaman Volume 1, The Drowning, Batman Volume 1, I Am Gotham. I Am Gotham. The Flash Volume 1, Lightning Strikes Twice. Lightning Strikes Twice. Uh, Green Arrow, Volume 1, The Death and Life of Ollie Queen. The Death and Life of Ollie Queen. <laughs> Green Lanterns, Volume 1, Rage Planet. Rage Planet. That, that, should, be, that should be that, uh, what was that, Primal Rage, that, that one? Rage, and then those dinosaurs fight. What's the last one? Uh, Justice League, Volume 1, The Extinction Machine. The Extinction Machine. Nightwing, Volume 1, Better Than Batman. Better Than Batman. And That's only like four issues, and too. Volume 1, Son of Superman. That is the best series at a rebirth. Is it? Yes. That series is I, I thought about picking amazing. that up. It's really, 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 really good. It has... Tomasi and Gleason did uh, Batman and Robin, which is kind of the unheralded Batman book. Everyone went crazy but for so Detective good. because of the Joker. Oh, Joker cut off his face. No, he's not in it anymore. Oh, this is terrible. And Snot Snyder's Batman was, was great. I said Snot Snyder. Yes, yeah, she did. Yeah, Scott Snyder. Snot Snyder. Snot Snyder. Uh, Scott Snyder's Batman, which of course is fantastic. But Batman and Robin was great. This series is amazing. And when uh, um, Tomasi was... Oh, no. Is Gleason the artist? Tomasi's the artist. I always get them confused. I don't remember. I think it's Gleason. I think it's Gleason's the artist. When Gleason wasn't doing the art, Doug Mankey stepped in. And Gleason is like a student of Mankey. It's like really, really, really close. It has more heart. It's Superman being Superman again. Which is great. And when did when's not, that one come not out? Not a weenie little. I'm wearing pants and I got a little cape and I'm a jerk. <laughs> Trav, when's that one coming out? Uh, they're being spread out all across January. So January 11th, 11th, 18th, 4th, the 25th, the 18th, the 25th, and the Superman is January 4th. Yeah, that's one of the problems with all that is it all comes out in January instead of December. That would have been great. Yeah. To release those in December, but luckily we made sets of all of them. So. Uh, Anything about the the? Well, it's still August. going, but the big thing that never in any of these stories is the fact that it's all returnable. But the sales top ten million units, the first it's, time since when, like, Diamond years. began in nineteen ninety eight. Yay, Diamond! Um, <laughs> no, it, it was a huge month for everyone bemoaning the death of the comic book industry. There's obviously enough people who believed enough in 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 rebirth to to order it it is a returnable product so you kind of have to take it with that little bit of grain of salt but still but, nine of the top 10 comics of the month yeah but again a lot of those stores can bring can, can send <laughs> it back i mean it, it, you can't discount it when there's numbers that big it's just like you know rocket rocket number one was the biggest book in that month well that's because three hundred thousand copies went to loot crate yeah you know it's it's the, yeah. the numbers are the numbers but that's still the, that, was that the scotty young one yeah that was still a good book it's still a good book but when you have that book and you're like oh we sold a million copies no you didn't because right. you sent almost half of that to loot crate loot crate bought it sure you know it wasn't even a a, a free book they bought it for like a dollar or whatever and put it in their their, in their, their crate box. yeah their loot box um was this the last month of uh returnables yes six is the end yeah uh, the first six issues of all the initial titles were were the rebirth and through through the first um, the first yeah. arcs. Let's see, Amazing Spider-Man was number was in the top ten. It was the only Marvel book. That's a weird thing to see Amazing Spider-Man in it. And you know, it was number six. Uh, well, Spider- that's the thing. Spider-Man number sixteen. Also, the number with that is 
the fact that Civil War Two was uh, was absent in August because it's so late. Sure. Civil War Two number five comes out next week, and it's almost six weeks late. But isn't uh, Amazing Spider-Man sixteen starting the Clone Saga? That no, that is the uh, de- uh, Dead No More. Oh, is Dead No More. Yeah. yeah, Dead No More. And then what? Uh, it's all... before Dead No More, so yeah, it's still <laughs> you're right. Getting into Dead More, it's, right. the, it's the prequel ish part of it. I mean, basically, it's just putting their trade dress on. Something that Marvel's come up a little flack with because they're putting their Civil War trade uh, trade on dress on top of everything when the titles have almost nothing to do with it. That's like, what it, when Captain America, because at first I was like, why is this listed as Civil War? This anything Civil who War? was in Civil War 2 gets it. Like, Captain Marvel's has it, and it makes sense because the sure. book is about Carol, because Carol's on one side of this. And she's the head of Alpha Flight, and she's struggling with the idea of using the Ulysses character, which is the the pivotal point in Civil War Two. She's deciding whether to use him even in their Alpha Flight missions. So it has a bit of a of a Civil War Two strain to it, right? Totally awesome. Hulk does, of course, because of the events of Number Four, mm-hmm. as Frank uh, Frank Cho, <laughs> Amadeus <laughs> Cho, Frank Cho started it. Uh, Amadeus Cho uh, decides to kind of you know they, they kind of come after him, going, "Hey, you're the new Hulk," and the other, the other Hulk just had something happen to him, so we're going to stop you, and he just like goes crazy or whatever. So do you think that DC is going to continue this dominance right now that it's having once Rebirth stops being Rebirth and just starts well, the thing being is, a regular? Everyone talks about New 52, and the thing with New 52 is all of that was in one month. Right. All the number ones were in one month. So this one for, for DC, they're like, we're going to spread it out, mm-hmm. but we're also going to double ship almost everything every two weeks. So... We're still kind of dealing with this idea that the bulk of DC product is a two-week product, which, you know, oh, we went to two ninety nine. That's great. But I used to spend $4 a month, and now I'm spending $6 sure. a month in order to get the story. Now, most of the stories have been good enough that people are still on board. But we're starting to see fans online talk about the fact that they all of a sudden realize there's a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. You know, 12 weeks into this, and I have six books already. So you can see that fatigue. Marvel went through this with Marvel Now. Right. The beginning of Marvel Now was very... Scheduled heavy because they had done everything beforehand. Avengers. So you had Rick Remenders and, and Jerome Pena's Avengers. Number one. Two weeks later was number two. Two weeks later was number three. Two weeks later was number four. Mm-hmm. The next week was number five. And two weeks later was number six. They had six issues out in something like up two months. Right. So well, I was going to say, crazy. it's going to be interesting to see where Rebirth gets once they get past issues number six. Well, yeah, but it's, we've it's also great seen, to have a head start. But Yeah. And you see where the monthly books, the few books that were on the monthly schedule, like New Superman... Hellblazer and even Batgirl have seen that second issue take the dive a lot faster mm-hmm. than the issue, the other issues, because people were coming in going, "Where's? It's been two weeks. Where's New Superman? New Superman's a monthly." Oh. And you and Sebastian are still covering okay. Rebirth and. We're still covering. I think this week we'll probably be doing. Uh, this week I think Trinity comes out, so we'll do that. But we'll probably be covering some other stuff just simply because we want to branch out and do. Because it's other been titles. fifteen weeks now, uh, first week of May. So, yeah. but every week is at least two number ones. Right. Until I think last week was the first time there wasn't. So we we kind of jumped into a couple of number twos, and, and we did that early where we were kind of following the story through the first couple of issues, talking about um, where the story was going in terms of what was still good and what maintained it. Or in the case of something like Hal Jordan, where the Rebirth issue was not very good. The first issue wasn't too bad, and the second issue was really good. Nightwing mm-hmm. was the same thing. The rebirth was the rebirth was okay. The special, the number one, it's not bad. Number two was much better. Right, and then three and four have actually been really good as well. As that series has gotten better through the, the pieces that are there, and also talking about how you know, for me, Detective and Superman are the are the two best ones. Those have been great for the six issue runs that they've been through. So we'll see. The the, the numbers that you really want is going to be. October's numbers because September finishes off right. those six issues as they get through. So the October numbers will be there. And it's also August was the first month that you ordered for after the number ones came out in May. Mm-hmm. And so many shops under order the number ones because <clears throat> they were just like, we've seen this before. No one's interested. DC was all but dead beforehand. Whatever, you know, excuses they wanted to give. And also, God, that's a lot of comics we're so supposed to order. So you're compensating on the next. So order. once you get you get the ones, and you ordered fifty, and you had two hundred people come into your shop looking for it, when you ordered the ones that were coming out in October, which ended up being five, or I'm sorry, August, which were like three or four or five and six, you ordered like hundred and twenty. Right. So you would order a lot more. It's not a sound scan, sound scan system that the record industry used to have, which counted actual sales. Mm-hmm. This is the sales through Diamond from the shops. 
So the numbers are always skewed in the terms of what are shops buying. It's a good indicator, but it's not necessarily what fans are walking out of the out of the the room with. Right. If they were to release the return numbers for them, then you get a bigger idea of what people were actually selling. Gotcha. Okay. So Travis, where are we on Baby Watch? Uh, we're uh, it's looking like uh, we're we're on Saturday right now, and it's looking like uh, maybe Thursday or sooner. Nice, very cool. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna pat her on the back a lot until it comes out. I basically, I'm just gonna shake her. Yeah, just I'm gonna do that. Shaking baby syndrome. Go for it. Let him get him early. So she'll just pop, and it'll be over. So it'll be Leia Ray Amidala. Uh, Jones? Yes, all of those. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Is it going to be Apple? Oh my God, no! Orange? God, no! It's Southwest. North. Yeah, name name him North. <laughs> North her, Jones. North by Northwest. <laughs> North Jones. So, anyways, we're going to wrap things up on that note. Why uh, aren't we wait? Why aren't we holding a, a baby naming contest for all of our listeners? You send in the names. Oh, and then, that's a good idea. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Send in all the names, and then we'll see. That way, when one of the stupid names comes in, like, you know, namer O.com Coliseum Jones. <laughs> namer you Nerdables. Can just, you can just turn to Jen and go, look, look, it, it was voted. That's what we have to name him. This is what we have to do. Uh, what was that? Yeah, Wasn't no, there a the ship FDF, in Britain that was we, named something? It was, like a, it was like a fan name thing, and it was just like the stupidest name, so they're like, oh, we can't do it? Yeah. Bodie McBoatface? Yeah, it? something like that. Oh, yeah, Bodie McBoatface. Was the was the winner of like the, the new military boat? From yeah, Britain. <laughs> it was like the new destroyer, and they let the fan. Yeah. They, they went to the people like, "All right, you name it, it's Bodie McBoatface." Oh, that ran away with it. Well, we're not doing that. It's called "We're That's Gonna Kill absolutely You." Absolutely not what we're going to do. Then. It's too cheeky. Well, if anyone wants to vote on or name Travis's baby, yeah, or send, at least send us names for Travis. Go baby. to facebook.com slash nerdables or on Twitter at nerdables show or even go to Instagram and give us something. Yeah, give us a picture. Give us, something. give us something. Because <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing anything. We're nerdables on, on Instagram. So for Chris, Mikey, and Travis, this is R.A. saying we'll talk to you next week.